Welcome to the Arena Craft Podcast, a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. There's going to be a lot of arena talk today, crafties. And that is because a momentous thing has occurred. It's not every day you get to witness history in the making. It's not every day you get to step into the arena, dust off your cap, unbutton your shirt, crack your knuckles, and look into a new dawn, a new era, something that has never been done before in the history of magic. And that, my friends, is going to be the subject of what we're going to talk about today on the show. But first, I need to introduce Mr. Alchemy himself, one of the few humans outside of Wizards headquarters who knows more about this topic than just about anyone else. Kovac, go blue. How you doing today, buddy? Hello. I will accept the title of Mr. Alchemy, or maybe Professor Alchemy sounds good from a knowledge perspective, and we'll get into why, but I'm a little hesitant about you rebranding me as Mr. Alchemy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. These are interesting times. These are times during which people have a lot of opinions, and we definitely have them as well. And we're going to be spending the show expressing those opinions. Uh, before we get into it, I have to mention that there is actually a championship happening right now. It's uh, it's happening in a soon-to-be-dead format, but there it is, you know. I watched a pretty sweet Is It Mirror today between Yuta Takahashi and uh, one of my favorite Magic players, Shota. Shota Yasuoka. Two greats of the game going at it. So yeah, something that you might not see a lot of in the coming months. But uh, it, w- it was pretty sweet to watch. It was an amazing match. It was absolutely crazy. There was this iteration and that iteration. There was a divide by zero and a divide by zero, hitting a divide by zero, a gold span dragon, another gold span dragon, all runs epiphany copied by an iteration, followed by other all runs epiphanies, unexpected windfall after unexpected windfall. Stunning. Titillating magic, which none of you were expecting it, but there it was. So yeah, so that's happening right now. I just want to acknowledge that it's happening. I mean, I feel like we don't even really need to talk about it, right? Like The meta is slightly over 50% decks that have expressive iteration in them. About 20% mono white, about 10% mono green, and about 20% hopes and dreams and lots of memes. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Especially in the historical portion. I know that the pros tested for historic, but for a lot of them, it seems like they just kind of dicked around and then audible to something, you know? That's, that's kind of the vibe I got looking at the deck submissions for historic. Who knows what the historic format is or will be exactly. We'll talk about that on the show today. I think this championship is actually a really great backdrop for the conversation that we're just about to have, right? Nailed it. Yes, absolutely. Fully agree. Because I don't know of a format more stale, and it's not even that old. It's actually, in the context of what we've seen for the past year of when set championships and big events occur compared to when a set is released, This is pretty close to the release date of Crimson Vow compared to things that they've done in the past. And the format, I don't think, could be more bleh. It's like it already feels like a dead format. If only there was a way to shake formats up every single month without having the absolutely kind of overdramatic and devastating consequences that bannings have. You know, if only we could just take cards and tweak them just a little bit, not completely ban them or throw them out the window, make the decks that they were in unplayable, just tone them down a little so that they're not completely overpowered. If only a digital game in the year 2021 had the 
audacity, the bravery to stand up and do something like that, you know? Yeah, but unfortunately, we live in a world full of paper boomers. We want parity, Kovac Go Blue. We want equivalency. We want everything to be the same that it always... What? Hold on, I'm getting a message. I have an incredible announcement to share with the crafties. You do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Feels kind of forced and kind of planned, but okay, I'll roll with it. Why not? I've just intercepted a transmission. So... I had an incredible amount of lead right behind this green screen here, right? Yeah, it was just sitting here and it wasn't really doing much except being really toxic and heavy because that's what lead is, right? But right after I record the show, I'm going to go behind my green screen and all of a sudden it's all going to be gold and that's going to be incredible, right? And you know why? It's because of alchemy. It's this new format that they just announced. Do you like that little transition I just did there? Cheesy AF, but we'll go with it. So, <laughs> the arena has announced, and Wizards has announced, this new format. It's called Alchemy. Covert Go Blue was among a handful of people who knew about it before the rest of us, like a couple of days before that. And he's made some incredible content around it, so I don't want to like kind of re-just cover all of the ground that he's already covered with it. So first thing I wanted to point out is that Covert Go Blue recorded a video. It's about 40 minutes long on his YouTube channel. It's very, very instructional as to the new format. It will kind of go into more depth about it. We'll we'll talk about it, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that Kovac Go Blue has probably spent like 12 to 16 hours a day this week making a bunch of content for this, right? So it's pretty it's pretty well trodden ground. You can find it as the thumbnail says Alchemy, the future of magic, and the title is Wizards Just Change Magic Forever. So that happened. But what I want to do first is just briefly cover what this actually is and why it matters to you crafties. And let me tell you, this matters. I actually think, I think CGB and I united in this opinion that this is probably the biggest thing that has happened to Arena since the release of the platform. Would you agree with that, CGB? I think so. I'm trying to think of anything else that kind of hits on that level. Um, maybe... In the very, very early days of closed beta, before they even had a wild card system and the economy was literally that you had to open the cards in packs and they introduced wild cards, that might have been more impactful because God would the God would the game have failed if they had not done that. But um I I think as far as since the open beta began, yeah. I I can't think of something that has fundamentally changed what we know about Magic the Gathering to blend it and make it something totally different that is exclusive to Arena than this. So here's basically the summation of what alchemy is. They've basically taken exactly what people have theorized about happening for a long time, and they've they've taken a shot. They basically like tried to create this system. What it is, is that we're taking magic into this digital-only space. They've, they had started to hint at it in Historic with just a handful of digital-only cards. They were kind of messing around with it a little bit. And I think that we maybe felt like a disturbance in the force, like, oh, okay, you know, maybe we're going to head in this direction. Basically, they have decided to make a format which is a digital-only format which mirrors standard. So this is a big deal because we had Historic, which has been a digital-only format for a while now. It's been kind of a funky format. It's been kind of a Petri dish format. They introduced a few digital-only cards, but to a large degree, it was just kind of its own little, like, 
genre. It was its own little jazz that was happening in the corner of arena. You know, people who didn't play arena and even a lot of people who do play arena just weren't following it, weren't really thinking about it that much. To be fair, I think that Historic exceeded expectations and I think it's become much more than a little player in the corner. I just want to get out there for the Historic fans because, my God, they are vocal and passionate about some things and we'll get to that. But I do want to say Historic did rise above expectations, I think, in every way and I think that does kind of pave the way for alchemy, which, as we're going to say what it is. Yeah, I mean, no shade on Historic, but I think that it was in like the larger scheme of magic. It is kind of a small format, right? Standard, however, has been put forward as magic's kind of premier format. It's been the main tournament format. It's been the format they've focused on the most for like just the day-to-day arena player. When they're printing cards in standard sets, the normal magic sets that they release for are now maybe like five times a year. They design them for standard first, and it you know it seems like they put some thought into maybe other formats, but for the most part, they're really focused on this format. So standard is really like for competitive magic, it's it's one of the main faces of competitive magic. So the decision to actually take a digital only swing at that is just absolutely massive. And I think that this is one of those changes which is likely to affect almost every player on the arena platform. I think it's really important what you said there. Standard has been like the bedrock, the cornerstone of competitive magic. I think it's also worth noting that Standard, along with competitive magic for a while now, has been failing. I used to go to standard events every Friday, you know, for FNM, and I could find one in any city I lived in. I could find multiple in any city I lived in. We have three stores right now in my hometown near me that I could travel to, and they all have our Wizards Play Network now, and none of them run standard tournaments ever. And it paves the way for what alchemy is. Alchemy is designed to mirror standard. It will have the same card pool as standard. It will rotate when standard rotates with some exceptions on that card pool thing. They're going to have cards that only exist for Magic Arena alchemy format. They're going to be cards that use mechanics like Perpetual and Seek and some of these digital-only mechanics that have been introduced. There will be about 30 of them with each expansion. They'll be released about four to six weeks after the regular expansion comes out. So they'll be kind of introduced after the meta settles in an attempt to shake up the meta again. And they're going to rebalance cards in the alchemy format, make little changes to them without banning them. That is a game changer. Absolutely. So we've spent so much time talking about it on this show And CGB will know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of you crafties will know exactly what I'm talking about, where let's look at the anatomy of a usual set release. So what usually happens, a set comes out, there's a bunch of content creators making a bunch of content, new brews, decks, streams, whatever, release weekend. It's really fun. A lot of stuff happens. A lot of people don't do anything because they're waiting to see how things shake out. And that's just kind of it. And then we go a couple of weeks, we get some big tournaments, we get some deck lists from really good players. And yeah, CGV's face is starting to change here, right? Because we all know the feeling. It's that the format starts to crystallize. It's usually about two weeks in is when you start getting that sinking feeling in, your, in the pit of your stomach. And by one month in, 
you're already sick of the format, whatever it is, whether it's mono white aggro, whether it's is it turns or, you know, in previous iterations, it was like, you know, Saltai Ultimatum or it was Rogues or, or whatever, right? Insert name of tired deck here, right? I mean, almost without fail, this has been happening with our standard formats basically for as long as anyone can remember. Now, some formats were more interesting than others. Some formats had more insanely busted cards in them that needed to be addressed immediately than others but this has been kind of the pattern for standard since arena definitely since arena yep and for a lot of magic players for as long as they can remember some of the true boomers among us may remember even different times that were even more interesting in their own ways but suffice it to say that this is like the modern history of standard i mean i'm gonna be frank like it's kind of boring you spend like quite a lot of time in the format that you want to be playing, not having that much fun and waiting for something to happen. We're all kind of waiting until something gets banned or waiting on the off chance that some genius is going to discover like some Kethis combo deck, which was there all along, you know, but that happens so rarely. And so like, how is it supposed to be fun? How is it supposed to evolve? How is it supposed to remain engaging and it wasn't such a problem in the past when it was only paper and especially like when the whole internet apparatus around magic wasn't as developed as it is now there weren't as many content creators such as cgb going out there and trying to break it trying to kick the tires you know trying to figure everything out standard had a bit of a longer life cycle in the past but now that we're on arena during the reveal stream for alchemy they dropped a stat which i'm sure that cgb was very interested in too where they said over a billion games of magic a billion games of magic over a billion games of magic have been played on the arena platform and most of them of standard most of them a best of one they haven't released these numbers in a long time but a vast majority back when they did release the numbers took place in best of one and you can also look up stats like in the description from untapped gg and look at the amount of matches played compared to the different formats on ladder like standard is by far leading it doesn't seem to matter too much how much they put into draft and historic. Uh, people log in and play standard. And that's also been my experience as a content creator making content. People watch and are interested in standard more than any other format. And this all does lead to the same place. It gets boring. It gets played out. You figure out what's best. You figure out how to beat it if it can be beaten. And you just play those two things kind of off each other to infinity and beyond. Absolutely. And so digital card games that aren't magic have found great ways to get around this. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> digital card games that aren't magic? What? <laughs> Sorry, just uh, all, all in magic gamer here. I'm going to need some things explained to me. Please go forward. I'm listening. <laughs> See, I'm not hashtag sponsored by Wizards, so I can discuss properties that they don't own, such as uh, the H game, for example, such as a, a little game developed by Blizzard. And, and others, right? Like just about every other digital card game that exists is not beholden to a paper game. And so they've, since time immemorial, a set will come out, something will be too strong, they'll just nerf it a little. 
or they'll have an archetype they thought was really sweet. Maybe the player base agrees it's really sweet, but it just can't keep up. So they'll just give it a little boost. It's just a very well-trodden path and a very established precedent in the digital TCG space. And so Magic was really kind of trailing behind that, to be honest. It, you know, we just we were stuck in these old play patterns that weren't keeping up with the digital era. There's been so much speculation, and I just hear it all the time in the standard playing magic community of like, oh, I wish we could do this, or wouldn't it be nice if we could get that done, or wouldn't it be nice if this was just a little bit different? So let's talk about why this hasn't happened before. The obvious thing is that because there's a paper game, Wizards has not wanted to create like, it's kind of like if any of you guys have seen Loki, right? The Marvel show Loki, this kind of like universal organization, which is devoted to trying to maintain one timeline. Whenever something divergent will happen that would split off into a new timeline, they send agents out there back in time, basically, to like cut it off and maintain one timeline. And so this is what Wizards have been doing forever. And with the introduction of alchemy, they're actually forking Magic's timeline and they're creating, it's like a mirror format. It's like a ghost format. You know, paper standard is the muggle world. And then alchemy is kind of like the world of Wizards. It's the Harry Potter magic format. And I mean, there's been so much discussion debate around like whether that's good for magic right and so that's the question i want to pose to you right now cgb can you talk for a little bit about your thoughts on like is this the end of paper magic or is this the end of magic or is this the start of the decline not even close anybody on that level is completely different line of thinking from where i'm at and a completely different vision of what's going on right now first of all to use your timeline loki analogy they forked a long time ago, in my opinion. When Historic was created, Arena has been different. It's had a format that cannot be replicated on paper. They've intentionally introduced cards to it through the anthologies and now sets like Historic Horizons. And then they introduced digital-only things. So Historic has created that divergent timeline for a long time. People just kind of let it be because it was historic. While it has exceeded expectations, and I think this matters a lot, and become extremely popular, a format people are significantly passionate about, it succeeded despite getting, honestly, very little push. It was created as a dumpster, just so that you still had a, something to do with your cards after rotation so that you didn't just lose them. It was created out of necessity, and it turned out popular. And then it was a huge winner. We said it was format of the year last year. Like it was a big winner in our awards, if you remember our award show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Format of the year kind of saved the competitive scene from completely tearing out their own eyeballs because all they played was standard for like a year and it gave them something else to play. Even with the introduction of cards that are weird on the timeline came from like digital only stuff and the jumpstart stuff and they did all these things with it and now they're adding universes beyond to it next year, which was part of an announcement earlier this year. Even with all that going on, the format has succeeded and its popularity has only increased. It goes up and up and up. Its chart looks like you want your favorite stock to look. That success is significant because they said, why don't we do this with our main format? Why don't we create a format on Arena 
And while it's not replacing standard right now, it's parallel to standard, why don't we create a format that we can curate on Arena in a digital way, the way that we have with Historic? It's been really successful. So here we go. We're gonna find out if people like, like these things in Historic or if it was just part of necessity that they play it. I think it's gonna be the latter. I think it's going to be very popular to have a standard format that receives monthly shakeups, either in the form of rebalancing or new cards or both. I think that it's going to become far more popular than Standard can ever hope to be. You said the death of paper magic. I said this on stream the other day. I believe that if the world health situation continues to improve instead of suffering huge setbacks, that paper magic is in store for the best year in its history next year. I think that there's pent up demand to go to these events and play paper magic. There's pent up demand to collect these cards. There's more releases than ever. Universes Beyond is going to open it to a whole different kind of audience. The Netflix series has a chance to bring magic to a whole different audience. I'm pretty skeptical about that, but there's a chance. And they're selling secret layers now. They're literally selling expensive cards direct to consumer. Wizards is gonna make more money on paper magic in 2022 than any other year in its history. That is my prediction. I predict it's gonna be a blockbuster year for Magic. I think digital and paper will both have their best years ever. That's my prediction. People are worried and they're scared and they think that this kind of splitting is a big thing. How I found out about this early is I got to be on a call. They invited me to a Zoom call that they would usually do for press. And the press would ask questions, take notes, and have their press stuff ready to go. And a handful of content creators were invited. And I got to ask some questions. And one question that I asked is, are you worried about this uh, further dividing, uh, creating a divide between arena and paper? And are you worried about the complexity for new players? And the question was answered that one, we believe our players are smart. We think that this will not be the issue, although it's always a concern. We don't think it will be a real issue. You know, we have a smart player base who can figure this stuff out. And as far as new players go, we think that the best way to learn magic is either A, from a friend in paper, or B, with MTG Arena and the tools it has baked in. And either way, even if the formats are slightly different and the cards do slightly different things, what's important is learning the game. I want to speak to that just a little bit because the segment of people that I see complaining about complexity most tend to be the segment the most capable of keeping up with complexity, right? It's like these entrenched gamers who have been here since type two. They know everything, man. They fr you know, they know what's banned in Commander. They know what's banned in Vintage. They know what's banned in Legacy. They know all of that crap, right? It's such a facetious argument to be like, oh no, it's going to be so confusing. Because you're right. The new players are like, yeah, magic's confusing. Everything's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the game everything's confusing you know they're like well i played this last turn and you're telling me it does something different now why i don't know why right so like that is magic i mean that's just what magic is that's what it's always going to be cards get eroded cards get banned cards get functional reprints all kinds of weird stuff happens i think that that's like a totally it's a virtual argument it's not a real argument in my opinion it's an argument with a, shall we say, a vendetta, right? Or an emotional subtext. And the rational context of it just doesn't really check out, in my opinion. So the way that this conversation has gone so far is we kind of came in thinking that we would explain what alchemy is, explain some of the buffs and nerfs. The way that this has gone, we've kind of been hinting at this undercurrent of discontent and freaking out player base. I'm sort of like, are you down to just, let's just go at the drama. Let's just address the various drama concerns here. Because it is extreme out there. Twitter, of course, and Reddit 
seem to be where the vial is centrally located, you could say, where it just kind of feeds off each other and becomes nastier. Comments on my YouTube have been mostly supportive, although there are a lot of negative comments. I just want to give you an idea of the amount of discourse around this. My video of gameplay that I released on December 2nd has 199 comments. The video I released explaining what alchemy is has 1,349 comments. That is more than any video I have released ever. It's just been out 24 hours. I was gonna say furthermore, it's probably not even close to being your most viewed video. Either. It's on track. It could get there, but it's it's doing well. It probably will be, but it's probably already broken that record before it's even broken your view record. Yeah, it broke the comment record. Yeah, it, it needs about a good week to break my view record. It already broke the comment record. It's insane. Just to give you an idea, I posted a poll on Twitter eight hours ago. It's gotten 231 votes so far. I actually, I, I want you to guess. I think this is fun. Okay, so... It's a poll. I had three categories. So it was your reaction to the alchemy announcement. The first category, stoked, Arena needed this. Second category, hate it. Third category, indifferent slash undecided. So take take your guesses as to the percentages, CGB. 73% hate it, 12% love it, and the rest in undecided. So here was the thing that really floored me about this. The majority of players of 42% indifferent and undecided what they don't know how they feel about it fascinating right the next one the stoked category 35.5 percent just over a third of respondents said that and then the hated category 22.5 percent okay your audience is different than i expected you sure i mean my slash our audience right I will say that I've seen some of the most bitterly negative comments directed towards this change that I can remember in recent history. And I find that really interesting. And here's why. Because CGB, if you don't like the alchemy format and you want to play standard, will this affect your life in pretty much any way? I know where you're going. They can definitely just choose to play standard instead and... I think that the answer that you're going for, I totally get it, but the answer is what people fear is the FOMO. So I think that it will affect them in a way they don't expect. And that is when they tune in to see their favorite content creator or when they go to their friend's house and they're playing Alchemy and Alchemy has a fresh new format where this card just got nerfed. So now this deck that was never good before is good now and it looks like a fun, exciting format and they're playing the same old standard. I think it will affect them. That's why I honestly think Alchemy will succeed (laughs) i i think it will affect them because a lot of people are gonna like it yes that's right that's why it's going to affect them yep that's what this is really about and it's makes me sad to observe this but i think it's true i think that there are people who you know they have whatever their own grievances with the game they see this new thing come along and they know it's going to change the way things are. They don't like change. And they're bummed. It's like the Squidward watching SpongeBob and Patrick play out of the window meme, right? I think there's like some of that vibe going on. But I feel like Covert Go Blue and I are here to tell the vast majority of arena players, 
you're gonna like it. Alchemy's here, and you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it a lot. How about we go through, like, some of the arguments against? Because I would love to break some of this down. Yeah, that sounds great. I think that would be really fun, because there's a lot of different arguments about it. Let's start with a really touchy one that happens a lot in these, and it's one where I'm probably going to side the most with the people who are a little upset, because I agree on this one. Let's start with economy. Argument being that by nerfing cards and not giving wild card refunds, which they're not, by the way, if you didn't hear, if you don't know, you get no wild cards back for rebalances. You get wild cards back if they're banned in standard, but in alchemy, nothing is banned. They're rebalanced, and rebalances do not result in wild card refunds. So... Because of that, people are saying it's going to be a more expensive format to play and that free-to-play players will not have a good time. So I want to take a crack at this for sure. Okay, so A of all, notwithstanding sets like Eldraine, bans happen very rarely in Standard. So the whole argument of like, well, I can get my wild cards back. You, you haven't gotten that many of them back historically. I would say overall, it's a negligible amount of wild cards that have been awarded in the past. Now, granted, if it's a deck that you invested in and you got those wild cards back, that felt good. You felt paid off and you felt like you had somewhere to start moving on. I totally get it. What I want to highlight here is the invisible cost of not having done this. People like CGB know this almost better than anybody else because Covert Go Blue spends so many hours a day thinking about the entire card pool of the format. So the invisible cost of not having an alchemy format is that you have literally hundreds of cards every set which a player gets into their account. They open packs, they get rares, they get mythics even. They get all kinds of these cards and they sit there and they do nothing ever. The reason they sit there and they do nothing ever is that they're not quite right. They're not balanced for the format. The format is around usually like a handful of cards. We have the Goldspan Dragons. We have the Asika's Chariots of the format. We have the Thalias of the format. That's what the format becomes about. And meanwhile, you have these sweet like Elixir of Immortality or, you know, whatever, whatever cards, right? The Druid classes of the format, to give an example of cards that have actually been adjusted for us here that we'll, we'll get to. These cards sit around and they, they either see no play or they see play for a little while until those decks get crushed basically slammed into the pavement. Eventually, even though people love them, they stop playing them because it just doesn't feel good to lose all the time. And then those cards are effectively banned. They're like shadow banned from the format. It's like you can play them, but you're just not going to get very far playing them. I think it's a little bit of a misguided angle on it to say that you're going to have a lot of feels bads from getting stuff banned. Or Well, it's not going to be banned, right? So the fear scenario, I build a deck, some card and it gets nerfed, the deck isn't competitive anymore, and then I don't get anything back for it. And then boo-hoo, right? Like I invested in a whole deck, I can't play it anymore, and I just have to like eat it, right? I think it's a legitimate fear, but there's a couple of things I want to say about it. First of all, the intention of Wizards is not to nerf cards so hard that a deck becomes unplayable. Wizards wants you to play decks, so they're going to do their best to make a deck competitive enough to keep up, but they're going to try to keep it in the rotation. And then they're going to try to take the decks that aren't doing well and to give them enough juice to get them into the rotation as well. So I think the scenario of a deck going from being like S tier, kicking ass, to being completely unplayable overnight, I think that that's kind of a fabricated fear. It could happen, but I don't think it's likely to happen in quite the way that people envision. 
you can uh, cast one and a blue and take this card from your foretell zone and say, I saw it coming. Because the the times that this has happened in history, Davriel's withering, right? I said that the Davriel-Vesper-Lark combo was a mistake, and I said it would probably, it was going to get banned the day it was announced. It ended up the card, instead of getting banned, was digitally adjusted. Like, removing that combo made it unplayable. But I said on day one, that like crafting this is a risk because it's probably going to be a problem. You should know what you're getting into. The way that these adjustments seem to work and that I've seen in competitive other games that I pretend to know nothing about but actually do know some things about, many times cards get nerfed and the archetype is still competitive. It goes on to have a reasonable lifetime in competitive play because quite honestly, it's not completely out of it. First of all, you have the excitement of, okay, can I overcome this now that my S-tier deck has been nerfed? Can I build it, tune it, adjust it in such a way to face the new meta and still be successful? Secondly, you have another option. Go play standard. Because if you're the profile of player whose plan was to craft one deck and never change it, and just spam the hell out of it and keep getting your dailies and, and I don't know, buy your dragon sitting on a gold horde pet someday. And, and keep stealing lunch money from other players, right? Then that's what you were going to do for three months anyway. So go do it. There's nothing stopping you from doing it in standard if that's what you like. The fact is people will always talk like they're forced into this situation monetarily and that they can't get out of it and that this is what they have to do because they're a free-to-play player. You're not going to love it as a free-to-play player if your card is nerfed and your win rate goes down, but these nerfs aren't designed to ban your deck. They're designed to make other decks also useful, and in a way, they unban, like you were saying, a number of cards that were close but not good enough. They rise in power level when the best cards get lowered in power level. So you might have other cards in your free-to-play collections that are good. It might help you get to another deck if you actually want to, but it doesn't kill your deck, and you can always go play the other format instead. Uh, what it really is is a jealousy that they don't feel as competitive in a hot new format and they have to play the same old format. But if this didn't exist, that's what they'd be doing anyway. I think you make a really good point. I think this is a net positive for the free-to-play players. Yes. I remember being like free-to-play when I started on Arena. And I remember before I became a draft junkie having like a limitation on my wild cards all the time. And this is what happens for a free-to-play player. You have whatever preferences you have. You have whatever decks you'd like to be playing. You have, you know, whatever like collections of rare and mythic wild cards that you wish you could throw into your decks and whatever. And then you have what you actually have and sometimes what you actually have is pretty far from what you'd like to have and so now you have a couple of options do i try to grind drafts and get there do i just try to throw all of my wild cards into a deck or do i try to make what i have work and that c option of making what i have work is going to get incredibly bolstered by alchemy because wizards is incentivized to make more of the cards work in that ideal world it would be like most of the cards would be seeing play in the format, and that's what they're going to incrementally be working toward. You know, I've heard a lot of opinions about Wizards doesn't know how to do this, or they're going to mess it up like they mess everything else up, right? But I also think that's kind of a facetious argument, because if Wizards messes everything up, then everything is just as likely to succeed or not succeed, right? They're just as likely to mess up the next standard format as they are to mess up alchemy. The difference is alchemy gives them recourse when they mess up. So they can be like, whoops, 
Omnath obviously sucks. We really just made a mistake there. Or, or like the Sahili cat combo, I think is a good example of something which seems like they just genuinely missed it. And then it went into the format. And in Alchemy, a month in, they can just be like, sorry, gamers. You know, that's it. For you audio listeners, CGB just did the Thanos snapping his fingers motion, right? We're going to take two, try this format again. So I, from my perspective, here's another thing as well. It's very easy to print a card, which is really overpowered, and it's hard to foresee that happening, right? It's it's hard to foresee that Omnath is going to be too good. I mean, okay, maybe that's a bad example because it's a busted card. It was hard for them to see that Oko was going to be too good, right? Very few of us predicted that when we saw the preview, right? But it's a lot easier to start with a card and say, okay, we've watched this card get play in the actual world for a month. What are we going to do about it? You know, it's kind of like when they did that event where they took a bunch of banned cards and they nerfed them. And you read down the list and you're kind of like, yeah, most of these make sense. You know, I would have done that too. Or I had already thought that the card would be better if it was like this, right? So like some of these changes, they're fairly obvious after a while and you make the change and everyone's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's try it now. And that's exactly what's going to happen in Alchemy. I want to get on the record with one thing that I didn't quite get in there before everybody says that I just hate free-to-play players. I do think that clear nerfs should get wild cards. I think that the nerf to Davriel's Withering and Davriel should have been wild card refund because it literally destroyed the combo. Now, where you draw the line on that, I'm not sure. So I think the safe move would be for every nerf, give wild cards or give the option of wild cards. For example, like, you know, you can hit a button or hit something on the screen to turn your Goldspan Dragon into a mythic wild card if you want to, to return it, so to speak. I feel like something like that should exist. I I do want to be clear that I don't think it's right to nerf cards, not give an option for an out. I just wanted to get that out there to be clear. That's an interesting one. You know, I often side with the consumer or the average arena player on stuff like this. And this is one that just doesn't really hit for me. In the case of a busted combo, who crafting that deck didn't do it because it was busted? right? The the person I'm going to advocate for, people will come up with, and I'm not sure how many of them actually exist, but it's the new player who had it done to them and was like, oh, cool, I want to do that. They didn't actually know it was busted. They just wanted to do it. I don't know, though, man. I feel like those players are few and far between. I do, too, but everybody's going to edge case this, right? That's kind of what we have to fight about. Everybody wants to crusade for the edge case or for exactly their personal situation without even spending a lot of time thinking about how common their situation is. The averages. But I think... If I were to pick a bone with the arena economy, like getting wildcard reimbursements for nerfs is not where I would start. There's a lot of things I'd like first. Yeah, exactly. I just think that they missed an opportunity for this to be an even bigger home run and kind of smooth out a lot of fears. Doesn't seem like it's going to break their bank, but what do I know? They could do something as simple as every time a patch is pushed, everyone could just get wild cards. Or just the option, a return button. I think it would be cool if it was just like, you've been playing Alchemy, here's a free mythic, here's a couple of rare wild cards, have fun, do with these as you will. I don't think that that's such an unreasonable thing to do. Just get more of them in circulation. I like that too. Yeah, with with any patch, just give out some free stuff. Would it kill him? Maybe. 
I don't know. What's another objection that you've uh, seen come up a lot? There's been a number. One that I didn't foresee. When when I heard this announcement, the first thing I said is, okay, no wild cards for nerfs. That's going to be a hot topic with the audience. Digital only mechanics is going to be a hot topic with the boomers. I think that Historic has shown these mostly to be fine, but uh, the one that I didn't foresee that people just keep bringing this one up and I do not see it and I would love to hear it from you. Historic is dead. Historic is on fire. Historic has been ruined. Their beloved historic format, that thing that was introduced as a dumpster not that long ago, is being destroyed by this. And uh, let me explain it. Let me break it down really quick. So now there are two kinds of formats that you can play, I guess, on Arena, which is one, there is paper format, formats that are made to imitate paper. Draft, sealed, standard, these are all made to imitate paper. And there are, quote, live formats. Live formats are not made to imitate a paper format. They can be messed with and tinkered with. Historic has been a live format kind of since the beginning, but it's just becoming more live. It was the prototype live format. And now Alchemy will be a live format. The thing is, the card pool for the live format and the card pool for the paper formats are going to be the same. When we talk about breaking the timelines, we've broken it into two timelines, but they're not breaking it into a third. And how that affects Historic is if a card is rebalanced in a negative way, then that card is rebalanced in the Alchemy format but also in Historic and Historic Brawl. Uh, Historic Brawl falling under that, Brawl being a paper, but Historic Brawl being a live format. So you're playing a worse version of a card that was too good for Standard in Historic, where some people believe that in Historic, the card would be totally fine. And I guess that is a reason Historic is dead? It's been destroyed. They drove a stake through its heart somehow because a handful of cards have been modified and there's going to be a handful of new digital-only cards added to the format. That's what's going to kill Historic right there. Adding the digital-only cards is no different than an anthology or a Historic Horizons new to digital-only cards. Like, that's just more cards. This is what I wanted to ask you, Kovaco Blue. Like, when this gets implemented on December 9th, will it be a larger or a smaller change to the Historic metagame than the last jumpstart set. Unless some of these cards that they're revealing, what, what's going to happen is there's 63 new cards that are being introduced to Alchemy and also to Historic. If there's some of these 63 new cards are absolute home run hitters, maybe, but it would take... It would take some pretty busted cards, right? Like, I don't think so. These cards are meant for the standard metagame as it exists now. The typical standard card no longer makes it in Historic. I don't see this impacting Historic at all. Do we think there are going to be any modern Horizons power level of cards entering Historic from this set? I would take the under, right? It would have to be something that has specific synergy with things that are already good in Historic and take them to the next level or that kind of thing. I don't believe that's going to happen. Okay, next question. Do you think it's going to have a bigger or smaller impact just in the dark? on the historic format than the Strixhaven release, which included the Mystical Archive, which included cards, I remind you, Crafties, such as Time Warp, cards such as Brainstorm, cards such as the first card to actually get a card banned in historic was neither of those two cards. It was actually Tainted Pact. Okay, so would you take the over or the under on that comparison? I do not believe it's going to come close to the impact of Strixhaven. Totally agree. 
I don't even know if it's going to have as much impact as just the singular printing of Thoughtseize into the format. I, I think that's correct as well. <laughs> so this is what I want to say. Like, we've had like zero mana counter spells put into Historic. We've had Thoughtseize put into Historic. We've had Scurry Oak combo put into Historic. We've had Tainted Pact combo put into Historic. And if people think a handful of random new standard power level digital only cards coming into the format slash a handful of gentle buffs or nerfs are going to be like a sea change in the format, like I've got news for you. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I don't understand where the quest for historic purity comes from. This has been the most impure format ever made. (laughs) What format do these people think they've been playing all along? I don't get it. It blows my mind. I've received probably more hate because of this. Like, historic is dead. Historic is tainted. Historic is destroyed. Historic's exactly what historic has always been. There are a couple of cards, very few of the cards-seeing adjustments. Goldspan Dragon, Isika's Chariot, Allrun's Epiphany, Faceless Haven, Omnath, Luminarch Aspirant. First of well, Omnath doesn't see play in Historic because it's been banned. It's effectively unbanned now. So, yay, you got some wild cards back in a way. They unbanned some mythics you probably already own. And these cards just don't see that much play. And Faceless Haven is now a 3-3 instead of a 4-3. Does that change your snow mana base? Probably not. Does it ruin Historic? Absolutely not. All Runs Epiphany? Come on, aren't we just kind of happy if we play less of that card? Maybe All Runs Epiphany is getting played more in Historic now, but it certainly wasn't a banger before that that I remember. I mean, maybe you fetch it with Ultimatum in some of those niche decks. Like, who cares? If a card that was too good for standard is a little less good, makes alchemy a good format, and then goes to historic where most cards don't get played anyway, and is the version that was a little less good, I don't see the problem. The point that you made is the baseline for me, which is what is this pure format? It never existed. It's a fictional amalgamation in the mind. If you have ever played the historic format ever you will know the feeling of the format being totally redefined by a set release. That's what happens in Historic, what, six to eight times a year or something? For me, that was the point right there. The closest thing I can find to somebody who's like tried to make an argument for this that comes with an actual feels bad is like, say that you love Goldspan Dragon as it is, and your favorite thing to do with Goldspan Dragon is play Jeskai Mutate or something like that, where you just target over and over. The nerfed version of Goldspan Dragon doesn't create a treasure when it's targeted by a spell. It still does when it attacks. If that was your favorite thing to do in life, you can still do it in standard for the time being. You can target it with, I don't know, runes, Like, you you can play that silly rune deck, Showdown of the Scalds deck, that makes your dragon huge. You can do that in Standard right now. When Standard rotates, then Historic becomes the Eternal format, and now you have to play a version of Goldspan Dragon that doesn't work that way. That is the closest thing I've heard to a feels-bad situation from this. And I will say this, they have a year to try to fix that. We won't actually have to worry about that till a rotation does occur. So if that is a big enough deal with enough backlash they might find some kind of a classic historic or some holdover eternal format where you can do that. I know they're working on Pioneer. They said in the announcement that Pioneer is still coming, but it's probably over two years away. And that even if they took all the resources that was put into creating alchemy and put them on Pioneer, it would still be over two years away. So that's a long ways to go. So there is a potential field bad, but I just don't see it as that bad. I I don't understand. Here's the other interesting thing, too. We see a lot of examples of that 
like, let's talk about Omnath, perfect example, right? It was banned in Standard, and then people were like, oh, well, thank God, at least I can play it in Historic. But no, it was it was busted in Historic too, so it got banned, right? Same thing with a bunch of other cards. Like, Field of the Dead went to Historic, got banned there too. Wilderness Reclamation, same thing. We could go on and on. Yeah, Nexus, same thing, right? So I think... You know, maybe you, you have like the Aaron Girdlers of the world who are like, oh, I want to go and play my Teamer Adventure deck in Historic for a little while, right? But unless it's also bannable in Historic, it's probably not going to be that competitive. And how long are you going to want to play a deck that's got like a 30% win rate in the format just because you enjoyed playing it in Standard, right? I agree that it's an argument to make, but I, again, I think that if you really look at it and if you really look at the patterns, you'll come to the conclusion that it's just not that large of a percentage of people who are going to want to play. I mean, I've heard a lot of these comments. I posited like three of them. Are there any that come to mind that you really want to address as some of the things that people bring up? I think we've hit the stuff that I was really fresh on my mind. I actually took a couple notes here. What are you, a professional podcaster? You're making me feel inadequate. (laughs) So we already kind of hinted at it, but I want to state it outright. There are two options for how this could go in standard. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could happen. The first option is it doesn't take off. If that's the case, it'll be a dead format within a year. You know, Arena's not going to support something on their platform that's not successful. The second option is if it does take off, it'll be because it's really good and it's really an improvement. And if you're one of the people who, in spite of seeing the popularity, still thinks it sucks, I think that's on you. Quite frankly, let's talk about all of these naysayers on Best of One, especially like some of these old pros, you know, who they wouldn't touch Best of One with a 10-foot pole. That's not magic, CGB. That's a modern abomination. How could you possibly play the game? And hand smoothing? What a bunch of baloney who would ever settle for that right well it turns out that actually like a lot of people and actually maybe even a majority of people want that and why because it's fun because it's convenient because lo and behold arena gave a lot of people something that maybe they didn't even know they wanted but now that it's available they want it and it makes total sense because sometimes you just need to get a quick game in while you're on the toilet or sometimes you want to play magic but you're taking taking care of a toddler and you've only got five minutes. It goes on and on. I think that the alchemy release is going to be just like that. Another example that I can make is when, I don't even remember like what the official name for it was, but the new paradigm of drafting where you don't draft in pod, they made this change on Magic Online. And basically the way that you draft in real life is you get eight players ideally, you sit down, that is your pod. Every card opened in that draft has the potential to get played in that pod. You only play people in that pod, etc. right? So Magic Online came up with this great idea. You know what, pod drafts take a long time. You have to wait for other people to get done with their matches before you can get in with your next matches. Why don't we just make it so that people play out of pod? As soon as you're done with a match, you jump into another one. And there was a huge uproar about it because they were like, that's not magic. This defiles the sanctity of draft. It's going to be a different format now. All of the stuff that I've learned about draft is going to change now, right? A nanosecond after the change went into effect, a vast majority of players who tried it were like, oh my god, this is so great. 
maybe I didn't even know that I wanted this. Who wouldn't want to just like save time? Who wouldn't want to just jump right into another match? For the vast majority of players, it has worked and it's been very successful. And so I think that the arena team and frankly, a lot of people in the community have foreseen that changes like this would be very popular for a lot of people. And I think that there are even more naysayers who like once they jump in are going to discover like, wow, you know what? This addresses something I maybe didn't even know that I wanted about the game. You kind of said it all there, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> this is what I think is going to happen, CGB. You gave it a year to be the most played format on arena and maybe even like the most played magic format in the world yeah i said by the end of 2022 i think it will be the thing that when you log on arena and hit play you will be playing alchemy i'm gonna do you on better i think it's gonna be the most played format on arena i would say roughly halfway through the next set release that's my prediction i wouldn't be surprised not even a little. I, I gave it a year to sink in, but I do think the FOMO effect is going to be so strong when you see content creators and your friends playing a sweet, fresh format with new cards that look really fun, and you're playing the same format you were playing for the last month and a half. What have people done in the past? You get two weeks into the format, three weeks into the format, you get absolutely demolished by extra turns for like the 10th time or the 20th time or the 50th time or whatever. And what do you do at that point? Your options are like, maybe you have a secondary format you play, so you go and play that for a while. Or if you don't, shut down Arena and watch Netflix. That's usually your option. Now there's going to be another option. You quit out of that game and you're like, I want to do anything but what just happened to me. And there's going to be like this shiny little alchemy button right there, and it's going to have the answer. That card doesn't work that way in alchemy anymore. And I think one of the reasons that CGB and I are so hot on this is that we've lived through multiple iterations of the future standard, and we've seen how popular those are. So standard 2022 is, a, is like alchemy in a bottle. Fake format, tremendously popular. Yeah, amazingly popular. And it was popular on like day two. It had its own band list, and nobody got wild cards, and the world didn't end. <laughs> nope. In fact, you know what happened in that format was that mono red mages got to play their mono red and the people who wanted to take extra turns played them and they weren't op and meanwhile the mid-range mages played their ozov decks the freaking bant party deck ended up being one of the best decks in the format and this is the kind of stuff that's going to be possible in alchemy that has just never been possible in regular standard i guess I keep saying it at this point. At some point, crafties, I predict a majority of you are going to feel compelled to try it, and I think you're going to love it. I, I am not much for Twitter. I kind of try to go in there, say something cool, and get out. But I think the closest I've ever come to being a professional Twitter personality, you know, you just go in there with the hot take, you drop it, and you get a million people retweeting and commenting and raging, right? And I think I made my first crack at being a professional tweeter because I sent out a tweet, alchemy will be the most popular format in the history of the game, period. That's the tweet. That's it. That's the tweet. The amount of action is absolutely insane. But one of my favorite replies was, sure, for non-competitive casual players. To which Jeff Hoogland, known streamer Jeff Hoogland, replied, you just described the majority of Magic players. That's it, baby. And let's address on that point, too. Nope, there will be alchemy tournaments. And you know what? They'll be popular. And you know what, crafties? You're going to love those, too.
That's right. There's going to be an alchemy meta. There's going to be an alchemy arena open. But I think for anybody just wanting to play this game in a digital way, this is just going to be the better option. It cures the fatal flaw of standard, that it becomes stale. Of every format, really, that they become stale. New cards were always both A, a business thing, because they make money, but B, they worked as a business function because of the promise that they would renew what's exciting and awesome about the game. In the digital world, you don't have to wait, nor do you expect to wait. That's an important part, consumer expectations. You don't expect to wait three months anymore to have your product be new and exciting again. The cycle is so much quicker. And they can't change that about the paper cycle. They have to design and test these cards. But when you can nerf them, when you can rebalance them, when you can adjust them, you can change things more often. And it solves the closest thing to a fatal flaw that a format, especially standard, can have. It's going to be a winner, man. Get used to it. It's coming. So final thing I wanted to say, neither of us were paid to have this opinion. Now, CGB got paid some amount of money just to cover it and to spread it to the world. But I know you. You're a good friend of mine. Your enthusiasm about this is real. Yes. Here's another thing as well, is that I don't know how much they paid CGB, but they didn't pay him enough to be an inauthentic content creator. CGB makes more money having his own opinions than he does representing anyone else's opinions. If I were to go through negotiations, I'd be asking for a lot more money just based on the amount of hate I receive for even being sponsored. <laughs> right? Um, the amount of people now calling me like a shill and a corporate fanboy is kind of incredible considering I've made magic content strictly because I love it for over four years. And I did, haven't missed a day for 1,033 days, Arjuna. And not for one of those days have I ever been paid even a cent from Wizards of the Coast to make that content. This is the first time that's ever happened. And the amount of people saying I'm a shill, it's, it's incredible. I don't even live CGB's life, but I've already been on this side of the desk long enough to know that they're not paying Kovac Go Blue enough to change his mind, and they won't. Never going to happen. Basically. They couldn't pay him enough. So we're not stoked about this because we're bored. We're not stoked about this because we're like bitter on the game. We're not stoked about this because we're paid to get stoked about this. We both play a lot of Magic, and we see a lot of the community, and we think about this stuff every day. And I think we both immediately upon learning about this format were like, that's it. That's the next thing. It's going to be awesome. Could Arena still fix its economy? Absolutely. Could Arena still make all of the changes they need to still make? Yes, absolutely. Are the servers going to be terrible when this gets released? Absolutely, it's going to suck. There's a lot around it that's going to suck. And there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be fixed about the game. This doesn't fix any of that. But it does, like CGB said, it, it fixes the conceptual flaw of the platform. It fixes the gameplay flaw of the platform. It doesn't fix everything. It sure as hell fixed something important. Yes, this is history. And I think the only reason in my mind that it would fail is if it was really poorly implemented. And Wizards is fairly conservative. They might implement it cautiously. They might implement it slowly. It might not be as big of a difference as people might want to see. But I think they're going to roll it out carefully. And I think they're going to do a good job with it, ultimately. I think people will look back on it after a while and be like... 
Yeah, that was a home run. I agree. This turned out to be the hot take podcast, the opinion podcast, and uh, we didn't cover a lot of the details. But I mean, this is the 21st century crafties. You'll find it if you want to find it. Let's talk about that really quick. If you want to see the nerfs and the buffs, you can watch Weekly MTG on the official Magic channel, or you can check out my channel and my video on alchemy called Wizards Has Changed Magic Forever. They are featured in the video. You can also find them on Twitter in multiple sources if you want to see the changes that have been made to cards. And if you want to check out the new cards, check it out on Twitter. And also there's a gallery on dailymtg.com. And probably next week, I can talk Arjuna into going over some of the new digital-only cards. <laughs> Sounds good, yeah. We were going to talk about them on the show, but... I just, A of all, we've done so many card reviews on the show, I'm already kind of tired of them. And B of all, I just know that you've already seen it all, right? But like, this is going to come out like on Tuesday of next week or whatever. Everyone's already going to know all the cards. It's insane how excited people are about their games and their formats and what lengths they go to. And as content creators, we are conduits for it. We get hit with it in ways that the average person cannot imagine. It's like getting basically zapped by lightning every couple seconds from a million different directions. Every time I open Discord, I have a hundred messages asking me what I think of alchemy. Every time I log into Twitter, I have hundreds of notifications. Every time I open my email, I have messages from people with sob stories about how they're never going to play magic again because of this. It's overwhelming, and I think it was the topic for today. You know, you've probably already left comments on CGB's other video, but feel free to, whatever it is that you're thinking about this, leave the comments below. I'm sure there'll be a lot of them. All of your opinions are welcome, by the way. Just don't be nasty. That's my only request. I know some of you will anyway. Just remember the human. You can just say covert go shill if you need to get it out of your system. I, I can handle that. Just say it. Covert go shill. If you say that and it gets it out of your system. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just, you know, have fun. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us for this Hot Take episode. I'll tell you what, Crafties, sneak peek into the future. This is going to be an alchemy podcast. This will be like the alchemy podcast. I'm saying it now. Maybe we need a rebrand. We're going to have a lot to talk about and... uh Personally, I'm super stoked. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. You can find Arena Craft pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. We are on Spotify. It's actually uh, interesting factoid. It's the place that people listen to us most after YouTube. So there you go. Find us on Spotify. Been pretty awesome when people have tweeted those wrap ups, so Spotify wrap ups, and we're on the list. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. You got to love it. Anyway, you can watch the video version of this on Covert Go Blue's YouTube channel, along with all of the other amazing content that he creates. You can watch Covert Go Blue stream on Twitch. I also stream sometimes on Twitch, so you can find us both there. I wanted to give a big shout out to the patrons. We've had a bunch of patrons join our community over the last couple of weeks. We love all of you. Your support really makes a difference and it allows us to create the show that we make. We literally would not have been making the show in the way that we do right now if we didn't have that support. So I just want to thank everyone who's made that possible. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to the ArenaCraft Discord community. There's been a lot of discussion in there around alchemy, and we have a couple of awesome mods, Symphonias and Matosh as well. They just do an incredible job, and I uh, wanted to give just, in general, give a shout out to our awesome Discord community. You can always find the link to that in the show notes. Uh, all right, CGB, I'm gonna hand it over to you. Have a good one, Crafties. Alchemy to the moon!